0: Welcome everyone to The Awaken Catholic Show. Ladies and gentlemen, your eyes do not deceive you. Yes, it is the Superman himself, Superman to babies all over the world, and in particular here in the United States. The one and only Father Frank Pavone. Welcome to The Awakened Catholic Show, Father. It is Show, great Father. to
1: be here. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely.
0: When I approached you after Mass today, I was yes. like, oh man, he's, he looks like he's in the middle of taking a note or something. He's not going to want to talk to me. And, and you were like, hey, good to see you. And I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, one of the most amazing things is, you know, you, you put people on pedestals and, you, and you're like, you're sheepish about approaching them. And then they just turn out to be so down to earth and, uh-huh. uh, and amazing. And uh-huh. you, you really are. And and uh, I really appreciate the way that you've dedicated your your life and your ministry to such an important work. And you know, as the, as the title of the, of today's video indicates, what we're going to talk about is Roe versus Wade it's big. overturned, is it something going to big. be? It's yeah. big. Something yep. God's a cooking a something up. Yes. <laughs> all right, so all of that is coming up right after this. Welcome back to the Awakened Catholic Show, everyone. I am your host, Nick De La Torre. Could not be more excited for our guest today, Father Frank Pavone, and what we're going to be talking about, which is something that I and hundreds of thousands of others, if not millions, over the course of decades have marched at Washington, D.C., uh, with an outcry to defend the unborn, defend the innocent, and we might be seeing something finally happen. Uh, Father Frank, before we get into that conversation, I got to let you know about the sponsor of today's episode, Select International Tours, uh, an incredible company with an incredible team of people, really amazing human beings. And I could not be more thrilled that they are our partners and sponsors of today's episode. Uh, we are in a- our presence here at the Momentum 21 Conference with Catholic Marketing Network. We are going on two pilgrimages with them this year to Paris and Lourdes, and then as well to the Holy Lands. I'll be going to the Holy Lands along with my wife, Alina. Please join us. To learn more about those pilgrimages or the many others that you could join from Select, visit selectinternationaltours.com slash awaken. Select, thank you for being amazing people and for sponsoring today's episode. Moving on, Father Frank, how are you doing today?
1: Oh, I'm doing great. This uh, Catholic marketing network that we're both at is uh, always a, an inspiring event. I come every year. We meet up with a lot of people doing things like this, podcasting yeah. and broadcasting and publishing and religious art. It, and writing, it's always inspiring to see the many ways that people are are taking the Word of God and the truths of the faith and getting them out there to the public. This is what we're called to do. And so I'm doing great today.
0: Oh, glory to God. <laughs> it is such an incredible energy here. Yeah. And, you know, there are there are so many organizations, like you were saying, and, and my favorite thing, uh, Kathy Gilmore, who uh, was a big part of putting this whole conference on, yep, um, yep. she kept talking to me leading up to, to this conference about, how there's so much awesome partnership and collaboration that comes out of it, and I was just like, okay, sure. But ultimately, all these companies—they're really just trying to get their name out there and stuff. And I—I I I, I was very cynical because yeah. I had no exposure to it before. It's my first time here, and he, being here, I am just blown away by the by the love and and the compassion and that authentic pursuit of opportunities for collaboration. That's right. It's absolutely beautiful.
1: Yeah, it's very authentic, and uh, and you know, this is a conference. It's not just people talking or selling things. There's a lot of prayer. Yes. There's Mass. There's confession going on all day. Uh, there's rosaries, a, a Chaplet of Divine Mercy. This is a very prayerful event.
0: Yes, that has been absolutely true. Yes. Um, and so, I, I'm curious, you know, uh, I I became familiar with your name and, and the work that you do by listening to Catholic Radio. Okay. Uh, I would hear... Uh, either your own voice or people mentioning Father Frank Pavone, you know, and and I was just like, well, who is this guy, this legend? (laughs) Um, How did you get, how did you become what you are? You know, obviously there's your vocation story uh, from to the priesthood, but then aside from that, like what drew you to this acute laser focus on this mission. Yeah, and
1: that's the word I was going to use. You know, when you're able to focus on something year after year after year, and you don't deviate from it, you can do anything. it's very much as a matter of focus and concentration. And I felt called to focus on this issue right around the same time that I felt the call to the priesthood. And that was kind of early on. It was my senior year in high school. And I wasn't even in Catholic school. I was in public school. But the point is I got awakened at that time, to use a a, a good word, uh, (laughs) to the pro-life movement and to the abortion issue by going to the March for Life. This was only the third annual March for Life. 1976 is when I got involved. And I I, I describe it as it was an alarm that went off in my mind And it just got louder and louder every year that went by that we are literally permitting by law the killing of babies. And so, you know, I got more involved in the movement. I got more informed about it. And I I was, you know, studying for the priesthood. I became a priest, ordained in 88. But the involvement, as the involvement in the pro-life movement grew, I came to the point a few years after ordination when I experienced a call within a call. I experienced the absolute conviction and burning passion to devote all my time, all my energy, all my ministry to ending abortion Mm. and protecting the unborn. And it was such a strong call. I went to, of course, I had to go to my bishop to get permission. Well, my bishop happened to be Cardinal John O'Connor, who was a pro-life hero himself and an activist and for him this was like issue number one you Mm -hmm. know so when he saw me coming to him and saying could i devote all my time to fighting abortion he gave me the green light that is so that was in 93 so i've been doing it full-time ever since.
0: Wow, wow. And so you don't have like a parish That's that you're right. the pastor of. That's right, exactly. You are just... This
1: is my full-time focus, ending abortion. So I get to go to conferences like this. I preach in different churches every week. Rather than having a parish of my own, mm-hmm. I get to, I've spoken in all 50 states and preached and seen for, for 30 years now, the, the 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 response of the American people, particularly American Catholics, to this whole problem of abortion. Yeah. And they're concerned and they wanna do something and uh, they're responsive to the message, which is one of the key things we tell to the, to the priests, don't be afraid to speak about this. The people are not gonna walk out and get mad, they're gonna say thank you. Yes. They wanna hear and they wanna see clear leadership from their clergy on this issue.
0: And that has been my biggest gripe, and I know the gripe of a lot of people who are just, like, seeing with such clarity, this is the biggest thing,
1: period. It, it, it is. Like,
0: what are we doing not talking about this? It, it would be equivalent uh, to, or, or equivalent wouldn't even be the right word because this is so much bigger at scale. Right. Um, but it'd be it'd be like in, in Nazi Germany, uh, not having priests outcrying against the Holocaust. That's right. And it's like,
1: what is that? See, see, that, that, that you're getting to a great point here. This, another way to say it is, this is as big as it gets. In yep. other words, if you want to talk about an important issue, there's many important issues, but like, what would be the most important thing that we could cry out about, or right. biggest injustice we could stand up against? It doesn't get bigger than this. This is a mass slaughter of innocent babies, yes, and there's no denying that. That's not an opinion, that's not a religious belief. It's, it's a fact. It's, it's a fact. Yeah. And uh, this this time in history, and all of us living through it, will be judged mm-hmm. on this issue.
0: That is absolutely right, yeah. I, um, a dear friend of mine, Peter Range, he's the director for the Office of Life and Justice in the Diocese of Toledo, uh, his his number one mission ever since I've known him, even when he was in regular like evangelistic roles like a campus ministry and stuff, he was always number one priority is pro-life. Nice. Number one, nice. and so now that's why, I mean, it's it's, understandable for him to have such an important role in that fight in the Diocese of Toledo. That's right. Um, And to be honest with you, the man just can't keep people from knocking on his door and calling him to try to take him to bigger places, you know, statewide, uh, nationwide roles, because he's so effective and so laser focused, like you're saying. Uh And in Toledo, I'm not gonna say it is thanks to Pete, but I'm also not gonna say it's not thanks to Pete, that every abortion clinic stands one. There's a single abortion clinic left in Toledo and, and I've been a part of these prayer vigils with him. I lead worship at them when we do them. Um, and, and I know how effective Peter has been. The man has held hands and prayed with the abortion doctors at these clinics. Mm-hmm. Um, and th- literally, there's a little, uh, a little baby, uh, or now it's a child, uh, that's named after Peter. Because it was Peter's boldness in reaching out to this woman. And she ended up, he offered to uh, adopt the baby. She took him up on that. Ah. And then once um, she saw the x-ray, she was like, actually, can I have my baby? <laughs>
1: <laughs> that uh, often happens. Yeah. So, yes. so
0: Peter has just been super effective. But the point is, like, we, we, have, we have to be so diligent and, and we, need to, um, we need to stay in the fight. Yes. I, I have been uh, guilty of feeling so discouraged by the lack of action uh, from... You know, I, I I'm not explicitly like, oh, Republicans are better than Democrats, but like from the lack of action from the only party that claims to be pro-life mm-hmm. when we've had control of the Senate, of the House, of the White House, like when we've when we've been in these positions of power, what the crap were we doing not making a difference? And I'm and I'm so curious now for, for us to, to talk about like why has that been maybe? You might have insights into mm-hmm. that. And mm-hmm. and I've just in that discouragement, it's really it's really led me to um, some dark places of, of like frustration cuz i just i'm so aware like there are just human souls being slaughtered on such a scale and then even deeper than that like the wounds that are behind that slaughtering, right? The the women that don't understand their own dignity, let alone the baby's dignity, the women that are wounded, whether it's from rape or just unhealthy relationships. The number of of cars that I've seen pull up to the abortion clinic where the man just basically sends his woman in and he hangs out listening to gangster rap or something in the car. Like this is, there's so much pain in these relationships and it's just so flooded with darkness and evil. It is. And I just see these politicians playing games with us.
1: You know, In the political realm, like you say, we do have a very clear distinction. In fact, it's more clear and extreme than ever before in the two major political parties. The Republican Party has gotten in their platform uh, and in their activities overall uh, more strong on these babies need to be protected. In fact, it says their right to life cannot be infringed, and they call for a constitutional amendment to protect these babies. Meanwhile, on the Democrat side, it's gotten worse and worse, each platform yeah. that comes out. Extreme abortion, no limitations, yep. no restrictions, and they even want us to infanticide, and they want us to pay for it. Yep. They, they, for the first time, you know, they're eliminating the Hyde Amendment. So, the bottom line is, you look at this and say, okay, well, it's clear if there's going to be political progress, it's going to be within the Republican Party, and there has been a lot that they've been doing. Nobody does enough, and everybody's got these hesitations. You know, the biggest obstacle, we could all think of this even not just in the political realm... The biggest obstacle to making progress against abortion is not Planned Parenthood or the big forces out there. It's the doubts within ourselves. It's, yes. the, it's the, in, the, the inhibitions, the self censorship that we are guilty of. That's where the battle is, is on the inside. And yeah. that's why this is such a spiritual thing. You know, one of the big works that we do, aside from really working hard in the political arena, is we look at the spirituality of pro-life mm-hmm. and, you know, how do we free ourselves up on the inside? Mm-hmm. And that's close to what you were saying. We can be disappointed in so many of these people because, you know, where's their, where's their, their courage, the courage, yes. the willing. It's one thing to have the right position and, or even to vote the right way, yeah, you know, right. in Congress. But here's the question. How much are you willing to sacrifice yes. to get this done? You may have to sacrifice your friends, your positions, your popularity, even votes. Who knows what you're going to have to sacrifice, right. ultimately your freedom or your life. Uh, but that makes, that's what makes the difference. But you know what? We're in a good position. We've got now. We've got some good momentum going politically. We, we, we won big on the state level in the last election. Yes. We didn't suffer any setbacks. And it's in the states that so many laws are being passed. Uh, and now... From the states, from the state of Mississippi in particular, one of those laws, has made its way to the Supreme Court for consideration. And uh, what this was about was simply, oh, we're going we're to protect babies from 15 weeks uh, of pregnancy. Now, usually, at that stage, the courts will say, nah, it's too, it's too early in the pregnancy to protect the, bo- to protect the baby. And they, they throw those laws out. They say, oh, it's unconstitutional because it's too early. Now we're at a point where the Supreme Court has said, all right, we're going to re-examine that question. Is there any reason to say that it's unconstitutional just because it's too early? Mm. And that's the question now that they're poised to answer. And we could go into detail on this, but I'm very confident they're going to answer that question no. It is not automatically unconstitutional just because you're trying to protect them at 15 or 12 or six weeks. That doesn't make it unconstitutional. The Constitution says nothing about abortion. Uh, so then the question becomes: Well, then what's the standard going to be, right. by which the court, if a law is challenged, is going to evaluate it? But that's that's a whole big discussion. But that's the point at which we are now. So we got to be patient. Uh, I mean, we got to be forceful with our legislators. Mm-hmm. We got to elect the right people to begin with. Yeah. And we got to get people to run for office who do have that yeah. clarity and that conviction and the willingness to sacrifice.
0: Yeah, we need politicians who are uh, faithful Catholics who are actual faithful Catholics. <laughs> ah
1: Yes, there you go. Well, you see, it's really bad. And, and, and this is what, the, what, what, what what bishops and or the rest of us ought to be complaining about. Don't use our faith for political gain. Yes. This, is, this is what some of these people are doing. Yes, You know, when, 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 when Biden, Pelosi, they get up there and these abortion debates are going on. Let me point something out. They are the ones
0: Mm -hmm.
1: bringing up their Catholicism. Not us. The bishops aren't going after that. Oh, you people are Catholic and you shouldn't be doing this. Wait a minute. They're the ones bringing up that they're Catholic. And it's not like the bishops or any of the rest of us are obsessing about abortion. They bring it up always in the context of abortion.
0: Yes, I'm a faithful Catholic, but... A woman should have the right to choose.
1: Yeah. Yeah. What? And it's like, what are you doing? So they're putting uh, all of us who are trying to live out the Catholic faith, and they're putting the bishops in a position where we have to respond. They are creating the scandal. They're creating the problem. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. the scandal is that confusion about, well, if, if a faithful Catholic thinks that a woman should have the right to choose, and, and they're this leader that's on a pedestal in like a literal sense, well then it must be okay.
1: And if the church doesn't do anything to stop them, it well, must really be okay. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: It's very confusing. So what would you say to like brother priests who maybe feel, who could be inspired to be more courageous on the pulpit?
1: Oh, I, 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 as I said before, I have preached all over this country and around the world constant, I mean, I-, I here I am. I mean, this is unusual for a priest to be able to focus in on one issue exclusively. I'm preached on abortion every day for, for 30 years. All over the country, I've seen the reaction of the people. I can assure my brother priests the people want to hear the truth mm-hmm. in a clear, compassionate way. Yes. And they want to know what they can do and they will be proud and they will be grateful when you speak up about this. Now, having said that, you know, you don't just say anything. We we, we show clergy how to preach on abortion. Mm-hmm. And in a real little nutshell, here's, here's, here's the key secret. Begin with we are with you. Yes. Compassion. We're here to help. You feel you have to have an abortion? Come to us. Mm-hmm. We're going to show you the alternatives. You've had an abortion. Don't think we're judging you. We who reject abortion do not reject those who've had abortions. Rather, we extend to them healing, mercy, and compassion. That's a big part of our work, by the way, the healing after abortion. And the priest needs to convey that right up front. That'll put people's defenses down. Say, okay, he's not judging me. He's not against me. He's not haranguing me. This is not negative. This is positive. And then, once you've made those two points, alternatives to abortion, forgiveness after abortion, then you can go into the okay, here's why it's wrong, here's what we have to do politically, here's what we have to do uh, to answer the arguments, here's what we need to do to be active in the movement. I tell my brother clergy, it'll work. It will work. Have confidence in yourself and have confidence in the power of the message yes. and have confidence in the readiness of the people to receive that message.
0: Yeah, Yeah. I mean, people don't just look for priests to tell them what they want to hear. People no. are looking for leadership. Listen,
1: if they just want priests to tell them what they, what they want to hear... They can stay home and tell themselves. (laughs)
0: That's so true. That's so true. Oh, my goodness. Um, All right, so fill me in. What's going on in the Supreme Court? What's going on with Roe v. Yeah, let's look
1: at this now. So the Supreme Court could... You know, one thing about the Supreme Court, we've been dealing with it for for decades, it can basically do what it wants, okay? Yeah. So in terms of what cases it wants to uh, 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 accept or how it wants to judge them. And we... I keep close track on the cases. There are many, many, there are dozens of cases. Most of them people never hear about. There are dozens of abortion cases at any given moment in time that are percolating through the federal court system. And this is just the federal courts, never mind the state courts. Okay, so on the district level, you got the district level, the appellate level, and then the Supreme Court. So on the district courts and the federal courts, there's lots of cases. And we're always keeping an eye on them. Which one could go to the Supreme Court and what implications could that have? This one, we didn't necessarily expect that the Supreme Court would accept it. Again, as I said before, Mississippi said 15 weeks is the limit. Okay. The babies are protected after that. Okay, good law. That's a good start. Yeah, yeah. Um, now the court is looking at that. And, and, and what could happen? What could happen? What I expect to happen is the Supreme Court is going to say that just because it's 15 weeks, that does not violate the Constitution. Now, that's a big weakening of Roe v. Wade, because Roe v. Wade said you can only prohibit abortion after viability. At the time of Roe v. Wade, viability was like at 28 weeks. Now it's more like 22 weeks. Uh, so that level keeps getting earlier and earlier because of the progress of medicine.
0: And who's deciding that, by the way?
1: Who's deciding?
0: The viability. Like what's That's the-
1: that's uh, uh, among the uh, neonatologists okay. and, and, and among the medical community is where they... Where they uh, assess the standard based on experience, based on how how can we keep baby how how early can can we keep a baby alive and not just alive but flourishing right. if they are born at that stage. So it's derived simply from uh, the experience yeah. of the medical profession, right? Yeah. So so if the court says, as we expect, that a state could decide to protect the unborn prior to viability and not thereby automatically violate the Constitution that's a, ma- a major departure from Roe v Wade Now once you say that, well then what's to prohibit a state from uh, outlawing abortion altogether which of right. course is our ultimate goal It's hard to say I mean they would have to come up with some kind of other standard Now this, the, the Supreme Court has been using what we call this uh, what they call this undue burden standard. Um, and that itself, by the way, was a revision of Roe v. Wade. In other words, people have to understand something. Roe v. Wade legalized abortion in 1973 and its companion case, Doe v. Bolton. Since then, there have been many decisions from the Supreme Court on abortion. And those decisions, too, have weakened Roe v. Wade. So Roe v. Wade is nowhere near uh, the way it was when it was first passed, okay. it has been weakened and the court has been distancing itself more and more. What is most likely to happen ultimately is not necessarily that in one stroke the court will say, we, re- we hereby reverse Roe v. Wade. They could do that. But what's more likely to happen is that with every subsequent decision, they back away further and further. They've done this on other issues, like with religious liberty also. Mm-hmm. They back away from a prior decision that they think was erroneous And in the end, after enough different decisions, it's like practically a moot point anyway. It's like it's not effective anymore, uh, what that what Roe v. Wade actually said. So I think what's going to happen is that they, they're going to also adjust this undue burden standard because what, is it, what does it mean? There, That's the problem. They didn't define it. Yeah. Oh, I, you can't pass a law that creates an undue burden for women to get an abortion. Well, What is that supposed to mean? Uh, so uh, the court realizes that all the standards that it has used up to this point are simply not working. Right. Judges are confused. Court decisions are contradictory. And if the judges are confused and the decisions are contradictory, you know who else is confused? The lawmakers Yeah. on the state level. They don't know what to do. And that's why then a lot of times they'll hesitate. Uh, we're not sure if we want to take the time, the energy, the money involved in passing this law if we don't have any idea what the court is gonna do with it. So right. hopefully this, this this decision will give some more clarity to courts all up and down the system and to legislators. And what we want them to ultimately say is this, people of Mississippi, people of Ohio, people anywhere, you and your elected representatives wanna protect your unborn children, you have the right to do that.
0: Mm. All right, wow, So so keep praying. Keep praying. Keep fighting. Keep going to the prayer vigils. Keep learning. Stay up on it. Uh, you know, we we at Awakened Catholic we have a show uh, hosted by Peter Range, the gentleman I mentioned earlier. It's called The Catholic Citizen. And for as long as abortion is legal in this country, he will be talking about abortion and the pro life issues on his show, The Catholic Citizen. Um, to learn more about that show, you can visit The Catholic Citizen, or it's either The Catholic Citizen or just CatholicCitizen.com. Uh, and Father, where can people find you?
1: Endabortion.us is our main website. They'll see all the different branches of our ministry prayer campaigns, things they can do for their churches, political involvement, youth, uh, Alveda King, uh, African American outreach all those kinds of things, endabortion.us.
0: All right, we'll put that in the show notes for this episode, endabortion.us. Father Frank, thanks so much for being here Thank with me you. today. Thank you,
1: it's great to be with you.
0: Seriously, God bless you, man.
1: Thank you, you too.
0: I have been Nick Delatory. Thank you for watching The Awakened Catholic Show. And uh, before you go, everybody, I just need you to know that Jesus loves you.